0: we we'll turn to Genesis chapter 40 with me. We Last week we looked at um, Joseph was introduced to us as a 17-year-old and serving in his father's house. And his brothers were envious of him. They hated him because of his favorite position with his father, Jacob. Jacob loved him more than the others because he was born in his old age, what the text says. And then they hated him all the more for these dreams he had. He had two dreams that were given to him that were... Uh, future in nature about him uh, exercising authority or ruling uh, even where his brothers uh, would bow down to him. And they hated him and they sold him into slavery. He was in slavery but the text said the Lord was with him. And while a slave in Egypt the Lord blessed his work and everything was good that he touched and his master was even blessed because of Joseph. And then Joseph had it going on so much the text says that uh, his master's wife uh, wanted to have him and she asked him repeatedly, it said day after day. So she was coming at him over and over and over to have sex with him, with her. And she and, and he refused because he said it was a great sin against the Lord. He stood for the Lord. Well, standing for the Lord, she lied on him. She falsely accused him of trying to rape her and he was thrown in. Into prison. And verse 39 ended, but the Lord, chapter 39, sorry, chapter 39 ended, but the Lord was with Joseph. And Joseph is now running to prison. And we pick up in Genesis chapter 40, starting at verse 1, it says, After this, the king of Egypt's cupbearer, baker, offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guards in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guards assigned Joseph to them as their personal attendant, and they were in custody for some time. The king of Egypt's cupbearer and baker who were confined in the prison each had a dream. Both had a dream on the same night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they looked distraught. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? We had dreams, they said to him, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, don't interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph. In my dream, there was a vine in front of me on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms came out, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is its interpretation, Joseph said. The three branches are three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. You will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand the way you used to when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well for you, remember that I was with you. Please show kindness to me by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. For I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing that should put me in this dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was positive, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. Three baskets of white bread were on my head. In the top basket were all sorts of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is its interpretation. Joseph replied, the three baskets are three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree. The birds will eat the flesh from your own body. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he gave a feast for all his servants he elevated Oh, sorry, for all his servants. He elevated the chief cupbearer and the chief baker among his servants. Pharaoh restored the chief cupbearer to his position as cupbearer, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But Pharaoh hanged the chief baker just as Joseph had explained to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, he forgot him. Chapter 41, verse 1. At the end of two years, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing beside the Nile. When seven healthy-looking, well-fed cows came up from the Nile and began to graze among the reeds, after them, seven other cows, sickly and thin, came up from the Nile and stood beside those cows along the bank of the Nile. The sickly, thin cows ate the healthy, well-fed cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep and dreamed a second time. Seven heads of grain, plump and good, came up on one stock. After them, seven heads of grain, thin and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven plump full ones. Then Pharaoh woke up, and it was only a dream. When morning came, he was troubled, so he summoned all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told him his dream, but no one could interpret them for him. Then... The chief cupbearer to Pharaoh said, Today, I remember my faults. Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody of the captain of the guards. He and I had dreams on the same night. Each dream had its own meaning. Now, a young Hebrew, a slave of the captain of the guard was, was with us there. We told him our dreams. He interpreted our dreams for us and each had its own interpretation. And it turned out just the way he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position and the other man was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent for Joseph and they quickly brought him from the dungeon. He shaved, changed his clothes, and went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I have heard that it's said about you that you can hear a dream and interpret it. I am not able to do so. Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is God who will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, in my dream I was standing on the bank of the Nile when seven well-fed, healthy-looking cows came up from the Nile and grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, weak, very sickly, and thin came up. I've never seen such sickly cows as these in all the land of Egypt. Then the thin, sickly cows ate the first seven well-fed cows. When they had devoured them, you could not tell they had devoured them. Their appearance was as bad as it had been before. Then I woke up. In my dream, I also saw seven heads of grain, full and good, coming up in one stalk. After them, seven heads of grain withered thin and scorched by the east wind sprouted up. The thin heads of grain swallowed the seven good ones. I told this to my magicians, but no one could tell me what it means. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing god has revealed to pharaoh what he is about to do the seven good cows are seven years and the seven good heads are seven years the dreams mean the same thing the seven thin sickly cows that came up after the seven years and the seven worthless scorched heads of grain are seven years of famine it is just as i told pharaoh god has shown pharaoh what he is about to do seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land After them, seven years of famine will take place and all the abundance in the land of Egypt will be forgotten. The famine will devastate the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because of the famine that follows it. For the famine will be very severe. Since the dream was given twice to Pharaoh, it means that the matter has been determined by God and he will carry it out soon. So now. Let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man, set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this. Let him appoint overseers over the land and take a fifth of the harvest of the land of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. Let, let them gather all the excess food, these, these good years that are coming. Under Pharaoh's authority, store the grain in the city so that they may preserve it as food. The food would be a reserve for the land during the seven years of famine that will take place in the land of Egypt. Then the country will not be wiped out by the famine. Verse 37, the proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And he said to them, can we find anyone like this man who has God's spirit in him? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one as discerning and wise as you are. You will be over my house and all my people will obey your commands. Only I as king will be greater than you. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, See, I am placing you over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, clothed him with fine linen garments and placed a gold chain around his neck. He had Joseph ride in his second chariot and servants called out before him, Make way! So he placed him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh and no one will be able to raise his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt without your permission. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zephanath-Paneah and gave him a wife, Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest at Onan. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Joseph left Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout the land of Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced outstanding harvests. Joseph gathered all the excess food in the land of Egypt during the seven years and put it in the cities. He put the food in every city from the fields around it. So Joseph stored up the grain in such abundance like the sand of the sea that he stopped measuring it because it was beyond measure. Two sons were born to Joseph before the years of famine arrived. Aseneth, daughter of Pataphara, Priest at Onan bore them to him. Joseph named the first Manasseh and said, God has made me forget all my hardship and my whole family. And the second son named Ephraim and said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Then the seven years of abundance in the land of Egypt came to an end. And the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said. There was famine in every land, but the whole land of Egypt, there was food. When the whole land of Egypt was stricken with famine, the people cried out to Pharaoh for food. Told, And Pharaoh told all Egypt, go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you. Now the famine has spread across the whole region. So Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to, to the Egyptians. For the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. Every land came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain. For the famine was severe in every land land. May God add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his word. We just read those two chapters. We see a whole lot going on from Joseph being in Canaan in his father's house to now ruling over all of Egypt. Today's title is strategic positioning. Say strategic positioning. I have a buddy of mine who is a chaplain for an NFL team and we used to joke with him all the time when he first started serving as chaplain because whenever you watch this team on TV he got more TV time than any star player you had ever seen I mean we used to joke we were like dude how do you get so much play on TV and we found out it was all on purpose See, he had figured out he was away from the family a lot, and he wanted the family and the kids to be able to see him and what daddy was doing. So he knew to stand next to this coach doing certain parts of the game, to stand next to this player doing certain parts of the game. So throughout the game, you're just seeing him. Like every time the camera cuts towards the sideline, you see him on there, and we were like, oh, like this on purpose. It's not just like the cameraman likes you. You are strategically placing yourself to be seen because you know when the camera's going to go on certain people, bam, he's right there. Strategic positioning. Positioning. See, before we saw God strategically moving Joseph from place to place in times that didn't seem necessarily fair, it didn't seem right, and yet we see him perfectly positioned to answer the call at the time when they needed an answer from God. See, it starts off in chapter 40 with a forgotten Joseph. He's there in prison, and at the end of chapter 39, they said, well, God was with him, and and everything was being blessed, and he was was exercising authority and and, and working and serving, and the warden and the the captain of the guards, they all loved him because everything was working so well when Joseph was running the show. And the reason it worked so well is because God was with him in jail, Falsely accused, innocent. But Joseph kept serving the Lord. And in the midst of it, an opportunity came up where the officials of Pharaoh had a dream. And Joseph told them, those belong to God, but gonna let me know. I, I love it because he-, he was letting him know, like I, I belong to the Lord, I, I-, I can give an answer. Joseph in the midst of a horrible situation continued hear me when i say this continued to exercise his god given gifts and talents and abilities who read this story we see Joseph serving as an example because for us in times of distress in times of being treated unfairly it is very difficult to one stay positive Two, to keep not just living for the Lord, but putting the gifting and talents in display what God has put in us from the Lord for his glory. It's hard to do that, y'all. It's hard to do that. Because in those times, we can feel like God has forgotten about me. Maybe God is punishing me. And isn't it interesting to find out all these things have happened to Joseph, and it's not because of punishment. Matter of fact, He was plotted to be killed on by his brothers. He was sold into slavery, and then he was lied on. He was falsely accused and thrown into prison, and notice who had nothing to do with it. Satan had nothing to do with it. It was all God taking him from place to place to place. And Joseph kept the attitude that even wherever I am, I'm going to continue to serve the Lord. I'm going to continue to live for the Lord. And I'm going to give God glory. How does he give God glory? Because he told me, he said, look, I, I, I can't interpret dreams. Dream interpretation belongs to the Lord. Tell him to me. I'll give you an answer. Even while he's exercising his gift, he's letting him know it's not me. It's him. We got to continue to fight against Satan's attacks that wants to discourage us in times of trial and to discourage us. And how he tries to flip our minds for us to just walk in our own strength, our own power to seek our own glory and approval. Because sometimes when we're down and out and we feel bad where we are, we try to thwart that or switch things to try to make ourselves feel better and feel uh, like we're greater. And typically that can take on a life of seeing yourself more highly than you ought to see a life of pride and and, and arrogance can creep in and a whole lot of things can creep in. Joseph teaches us a lesson that we got to continue to stay God-focused and continue to exercise our God-given abilities. Joseph has this gift of the Lord and he ain't quit on God. He in jail. And it says it's been some time. He was thrown in jail. The the chief cupbearer and the chief baker come down and they were there for some time. So it wasn't like just the next day. It was was some time that passed. And Joseph, you know what jumped out at me? Yesterday I was rereading the text and it jumped out at me that uh, the, the dream interpretation belonged to the Lord, right? That's what Joseph said. And then, the chief cupbearer, he he gets his his news in three days. You're gonna be restored, and you're gonna be right back serving where you were. Now think about the chief baker sitting there, like, oh, God issuing out good news. All right, tell me mine. Well, God said uh, in three days, it's it for you. Now the answer came from God. That wasn't good news, though, was it? I was sitting there, it just kind of blew me away because I was sitting there, but what it, what it did was, it didn't make me feel like really morbid. It made me feel like if God had told me, like, okay, you got three more days, like, what would I do for the Lord? Like, how would I, like, like, like how would I make my last three days or my last year or my last month or whatever it is, my last 10 years of my life, what would I do that would be kingdom impactful? I bring that up. And that jumped out to me because sometimes we look at God as just this genie that's going to give us three great wishes, and we can tell him what we want. Well, God actually may have something different planned in our lives and not what we expected, and yet he's still God. Everything goes down just like Joseph said it would. And Joseph told him this. Joseph said, now, hey, remember me. Because I, I was kidnapped, uh, I was stolen. They threw me. I don't deserve to be in this prison. I am innocent. So when you go back to Pharaoh, t- tell him about your boy. Tell him I, I tell him what I got. I got something for him. I I I, 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 I don't, I'm not supposed to be here. And the chief cupbearer was like, "Got you." Got back in his position. The text says he forgot about Joseph. You know what's You know what's even worse than that. The very next verse, it says, and he forgot about him. Forgets about Joseph two years later. It says, Pharaoh has a dream. He wakes up and he's, he's horrified. He has no idea. He calls all his chief priests. He calls the magicians. He's calling every wise person he can. And the text says, no one has an answer. And in that moment, when no one has an answer, all the wisest in all the land, in the greatest kingdom on the earth at that time, no one has an answer. The cupbearer in that very moment said, "Oh, yeah, I remember Pharaoh? He was mad at me, and and I got in trouble when I was in. It's a dude down there. He he interpreted my dream and the, cup, the, the baker's dream, and it went down just like he said. Maybe he could get up. He calls for Joseph. Now, don't miss this. Think about." How strategic this time it is! No one knows. And in that moment, the cupbearer remembers, oh, it's a guy that, that, that can do what you're looking for. He's in jail. They go get him, they clean him up, and they bring him in. And Joseph stands before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh is like, look, I heard you're the one that can tell me what I need to know. And Joseph, now in this moment, once again says, Not me. I me. Still come from the Lord. Come on, tell me. Now I want you to think about his trust in the Lord. I want you to think about, remember earlier I was talking about that time and he, he was forgotten about two years and yet he was able to stay patient and keep his mind directed towards the Lord. So when now two years later, now I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about me in his place. I'm sitting here thinking like, man, after two, I'm, well, after two years, I'm probably going to just die. It's just me. I'm just going to die in prison because it's just too long. I don't know how long he's been in here. It's just too long. But two years later, he's sitting here, and he's still so God-focused. He's like, no, no, Faraday, it's not going to be me. It's going to be the Lord. Come on, tell it it to me. He is confident that the Lord is going to speak. And he gives Pharaoh the answer. And I love the witness that happens in here. Because, see, when you stand, see, when you're patient, and you stand in God's gifting that he's placed on you, when you're exercising these gifts and these talents and you give him glory, you know what it becomes? It becomes a witness to a people that don't know him. Because when Joseph gives his answer, what is Pharaoh's response? He says, uh, this is a dude that got the spirit of God in him. Yeah. This is a man that does not know the Lord. Yeah. He doesn't know the true God. The Egyptians had a plethora. they 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 they, they, they were they were polytheistic. They had all kinds of gods. And yet, he noticed there's something specially divine in this one right here. Yeah. Joseph was pointing to the Lord. He said, no, the Lord gives the answer. He said, he said let, me, let me check you out because he is sovereign. He was letting them know who this God is. He said, this is a sovereign God that he has told you this dream. He showed you this dream twice. Three times Joseph says this, he is, God is confirming what he is about to do. And the last time he says, hey, he's going to do it quickly. What does he let Pharaoh know? God is in control over nature. God is in control of even your dreams. And a matter of fact, God is in control of even using me to tell you what your dream means. You know who Pharaoh got to know that day? At least got introduced to? The God who was the creator of the heavens and the earth. The one who goes from Genesis 1 that made heaven and the earth, created humanity as the crown of his creation, and has now made a covenant. And is going through this seed that's leading us up to this time where we're seeing Joseph standing before him because God is about to do something. Yeah. God is going to bring this famine. Now notice, he gives this news. Uh, the news is, um, it's going to be seven years of abundance. For seven years, the land of Egypt is going to be balling. All right? It's going to be just flowing. It's going to be flowing. And then after that, it's going to be seven years of famine. It's going to be like nothing. And Joseph gives a solution to the problem. You know, I I talked about the timing of things because when you look at it, we're talking about. Uh, seven years and seven years, you look at Joseph in their jail for however long he was and they're being forgotten about for two years and they're standing before Pharaoh before this famine hits. Isn't it interesting God's hand behind all of this? Yeah. You see God's hand and his providence and him directing events and pointing towards who he is and you think about the timing it takes. You know, it, when, when you don't really know what timing means, sometimes we want God to move so fast and do it so big and we want God to do these things. But sometimes God may be, he's rearranging some things and he's moving some things. And some things that may not make sense to us or we don't like or that are unpleasant. is actually God placing things and he's positioning things because he has a specific timing. You, know, I, I, you, you learn about timing, you know, if, 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 if you ever bake something, you know, uh, you know, um, I, I, I learned this, I, I didn't make it. But, uh, you know, I remember once uh, my wife was making a souffle. You know, souffle, it's a little intricate. You know, that's not like, you know, getting the Pillsbury cookies and chopping them up and just throwing them in the oven for, I the time time. say is a little, little delicate. If you, if, you, if you pull it out too early or too late, you know, it's, just, it's basically a ruin, you just eat some slop. Now, the flavor gonna be good, it just won't look good and the texture gonna be messed up, you know, but it, too early, no good. Too late, no good. You know, uh, if you, if you if like me, my go-to dish, easy. Spaghetti, right? Get those spaghetti noodles, you boiling them, and if, if you don't know what the noodles are ready, just pull one of them out and throw it in the cabinet. If it's thick, you're ready to eat. It. You know, but it's, it's time, and everything got time. And, you know, different recipes, different times. God got this recipe he's working up because he knows he's bringing abundance and famine in the land and he's doing something for this seed that he's going to preserve that he has now used Joseph and placed Joseph in the place to be the answer to preserve that seed. Like this is huge y'all. This is huge because we get to the end of this thing and we see Joseph Running all of Egypt. Now, if I had started this play, I said, how many of y'all would like to just run your own nation? You just like you, you call all the shots. You are in charge. Man, we, see, we're all Americans, so we're used to democracy. This ain't no democracy, ain't nobody voting. You running, What you say goes. Like you were sitting there like, man, that sounds that sounds like a good deal. That sounds like I don't know. All right. Now what would you want to take Joseph's track to get there? Like, if I came to you before saying, okay, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna run your own country, but, you know, it's going to take you 13 years to get there. And in those 13 years, uh, your brothers are going to try to kill you, and then they're going to not kill you, and they're going to sell you as a slave to a foreign place, to a language you don't even speak. And then you're going to go down there, and you're going to serve as a slave. But then you're going to be doing right. You're going to be doing everything you're supposed to be doing, and then you're going to get falsely accused of rape, and going to look at you as a rapist. And they're going to throw you in jail. And you're gonna be in jail, but you're gonna be doing everything right, and you're gonna be doing you're gonna be a good person. You're gonna do everything right in jail, and then you're gonna help some folk out that can get you out, and then they're gonna forget about you. You sit there and be like, well, I don't know if I want to do all that. I'll take you know the consolation prize. Thirteen years. We introduced to him at 17. It says when he stood before when he entered Pharaoh's service. Thirteen years it took. But it was all God's positioning. You know, the last time when I talked about when you're playing chess and a master chess player, when they're, they're making moves that can seem unorthodox. They're making moves to the, to the unskilled or to the uninitiated. It may seem foolish, but yet they're putting pieces in strategic positions on purpose. So you may think it looks like a loss, but actually it's about to be checkmate. It's even cool when they can lean over and tell you in your ear, next movie's checkmate. You got to know where to go. What? Well, because it's been strategically moved and positioned. Joseph was strategically moved and positioned for such a time as then, right at that moment, Pharaoh had the dream. He was ready to give him the answer, and then he's promoted. He got him a wife, he got him some kids, and he's running a whole nation. Notice how this thing ends. It ends and says that it wasn't just Egypt that was experiencing this famine. It said it was going out throughout all the lands. God put Joseph to be the answer, not just to raise up Joseph and he'd be a king and, and, and rule all of Egypt. It was that he'd be positioned that he could help and save all these people. See, yeah. Joseph's promotion wasn't just about him. He looked at it and we'd be like, I want Joseph, I want God to promote me. I want to get out, I want to get out this dungeon and I want to get on top. It ain't getting on top just to be on top, It's getting on top so that you can be a blessing. You can exercise the wisdom and skill that God gave you. We see Joseph apparently always had administrative skill. This is going back to his days, even serving with his dad. But Joseph continued to u- utilize his gifts and his talents for the glory of God, and that people may be blessed. I mean, we learn from Joseph's example, no matter where we are placed, that we use our God-given gifts and talents for God's glory and to be a blessing. So we talk about being strategically placed. You know, uh, we got to be ready to put God on display, y'all. We got to be ready to show him off. We got to get ready to see that God wants to use us in a certain way so that when it's known and seen, God gets all the credit, okay. not us. And I'm going to leave this part of here. says the saga continues because what did it say? It started to spread through all the land. This family started to go beyond. And remember Joseph's dream? You remember what Joseph's dream was in 37, right? That his brothers. Mm-hmm. That his household was going to come before him. See, Joseph named his sons. This is what gets me. The names of the sons are strategic in there. If you notice, Joseph is acknowledging... What's happened to him? Joseph acknowledges his past, and he names his son as giving glory to God because what God has done in his affliction. But Joseph has left his past in the past. Joseph don't even realize what God is doing with him. See, Joseph sees what God has done in his now, but he still doesn't even realize what God has yet for him. May we be reminded that even when God has blessed us in our now and, and brought us out, that, that he, he's not done yet. He got even much more. He's going to do even greater. We just keep trusting him. Maybe keep walking faithfully in his word. Amen. And may we keep giving him all glory and honor because he is the one that's making it happen. Not us. Amen.